down to Smart. Bounce past Tatum. Tatum puts up a three. Bang! Jason Tatum from downtown. 1.3 remaining. No timeouts left for Philadelphia. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. You Douglas Show, Jill. It is the midday show. 215-592-9494. Of course, the calls. Mike Breen, Saturday night, ABC. Six for Celtics. A heartbreaker. You And you could tell there at the end, Breen wanted to you know give another gigantic bang there. But he knew, just like Embiid knew, that did not count. That buzzer beat. And you were there. You were in the building for the game. Yeah, I was. But I wasn't in the building for the actual shot because, I, you know, I – you beat that track. got out of there. You know, yeah. Well, it was yeah. packed house. It was a pack. It, man, it was packed. It was a beautiful thing to be in Philadelphia for that game and, and to see all the beautiful folks. But yeah, I had to get out of there. Oh, hold on a second. I, I never understood that for a basketball game where it, NBA, more than any other sport, is really nothing matters until the last two minutes of the game. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're going to leave for the last two minutes <laughs> so what of the time, game. Well, how much time left did you leave? Like where I left, I left like the third quarter. Oh. But shout out, babe, before we, before we ridiculed me okay. for leaving. Shout out to Ava, man, because Ava, this is what I did, and Ava was a huge sport about it. I called Ava like three hours before the game started and said, Ava, can I get tickets to the game? And she made it happen. It's the last minute. Absolute last minute. Shout out to Ava because Ava made it happen for me, and I really appreciate that, man. But when I got there, I've gotten so used to – not being in traffic, you mm-hmm. know, working in the morning, sure. doing the morning shift and, 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 and working the hours that I work now, that to me, I can't handle being in traffic. I just can't. I cannot handle it, and I do not want to know what that feels like. Shout out, God bless everybody that's on that nine-to-five grind where you have to do this every day, blowing the horn and cutting people off and all this stuff. God bless you. I have been out of that for so long, I do not want to be in that. So I left, but I did. I was at a bar. And I watched the end of the game, and the 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 reaction that the fans had in the bar that I was at, it was heartbreaking, man. But at the same time, it was optimistic. Now I know that I'm coming from a different perspective because I haven't been there this long. This long. Good and, morning, and, Atlanta. <laughs> thanks a lot, Kyle. Thank <laughs> you. And and a lot of people are looking at at this as heartbreak. I don't see it like that. I look at it as optimism. I, I really do because. For them to be in that game against the Celtics like that, I think that there is room for this team to get better. I, I think that the, the ceiling is the, like like they can they can take tremendous heights. I, well, I lead that. I think that that's there's one of two ways you could look at what happened on Saturday, which is they're close, right? They're right there yeah, with the right Celtics, there. and if uh, you know a buzzer beater goes the other way, either way, maybe they win that game. But the other way, and Kyle, it's it's just it's hard because the Celtics have had their number for years now. Yeah, it's. They could just not beat the Celtics. And you'd like them to be able to, like, when you're talking about, oh, this team's different, this team's different, and we've heard that with the Phillies, we heard that with the Eagles, all the vibes of this team are different. I'd like for them to just once be able to beat the Celtics at home. And, I mean, I'm I'm watching this team, and still, beyond Joel Embiid, I have tons of questions about the rest of the team. Harden looked like he's sputtering out. Maxi looks like he can't really find his place uh, coming off of the bench. And I, I still think they need another rim protector. And Daryl Morey's just been asleep at the wheel. So I, I'm not fully buying into this Sixers team just Yeah, yet. we talked about this a lot on Friday, whether or not <clears throat> excuse me, you believe in this team and their, and their ceiling and all that. And here's what stuck out to me. At 215-592-9494 to hop in on all these topics, from the pitch clock to the idea of the Eagles going after Jalen Ramsey at trade and to your reaction Saturday night with the Sixers. What stood out to me the most, and it's just it's, it's disappointing because – 
I'll, I'll just put it this way. I think we, as a city, as a fan base, we overrated Tyrese Maxey. Not not what he could be one day, because I still think he could be a good, nice player. But, Hugh, last year, everyone got so excited about Maxey, what mm-hmm. he could be, and the idea that he was already going to be an all-star, and that he's like he's reached that level. And he just has He played 25 minutes on Saturday night. He had eight points, and he had a couple shots that were awful late in that game. Look, Joel is a, is a top five player in the league, star player, you know, MVP candidate. But you can't win with just one guy. You need multiple guys to yeah, get through the playoffs. Especially when you talk about the teams that you're basically going to see, the Boston Celtics. Yes. The unfortunate thing about it, like the other night, he gave you 16. Gave you 16 mm-hmm. off the bench, was a huge contributor to that win that you had the other night against the Memphis Grizzlies. And to come out in a game of this magnitude, because that was the measuring stick for all of us. That was the one when we were talking about this, Joe. We said, well, let's see what they do against Boston. How many of our callers Friday said, yeah, that was nice yeah, to get yeah, Memphis. Yeah, but let's see what you can do about against Boston. And like, like I said, I think it's the big brother syndrome. And, and the other night, you punched big brother in the nose, man. You made him bleed a little bit. I think there's something. I think there's room to grow from that. There's something to build off of off of that. Well, I think there is too. I mean, I I think that they're they're not that far away. That that's that's obvious. Like they could they could compete with the Celtics. They could play with them. But it's just disconcerting to me that Maxi, who we've built up, and the Sixers really. I mean, Kyle mentioned more. They built the roster with the idea that he's the third guy, right? That, that's that's the way they they thought they're ready, and he was ready, and he's just not. I don't know whether it's because they put him on the bench, the six man thing, if they just kind of got in his head and ruined him. But Tyrese Maxey was a guy last year. People were thinking could be the lead guy at some point, could be the coach star scoring wise. But Joel Embiid, eight points. You can't win, you know, a game no, against the Celtics. You got You got You got to give me more. I need. I need at least the performance that you had the other night. At least. With, with the, with the yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he has to average 20, but he's got to be in that upper teens. There's no question. 215. He's got to be in the team. Yeah, 215-592-9494 to react to the Sixers here. And then we had Joel Embiid, who almost made the shot. I mean, almost. It was it was just a little bit off. Here's Embiid after the game reacting to the disappointment. Uh, I mean, I... I mean, I, I I wish I would have shot it sooner, but uh, as I turned, I saw Darren White there, so I couldn't really get it off. Uh, so I had to kind of go back to my right side uh, to try to get it uh, get it off. So fortunately, um, you know, story of my life. Story of his life. You he um. It was kind of rare the way he reacted. Usually, players will play along with it. Like ah, maybe I, he knew right away. Yeah, it was disappointing. Because you fought that hard to get back in that game, and it comes down to that one play. Man, when it left his hand, everybody started looking at the clock, and then they rewound it, and you saw the buzzer, and it was just like, dang. But for me, that's optimism because that game goes into overtime. At that point, they've ha- they had all the momentum, in my opinion. Well, they did. It's, it's interesting because they were up 15, blew the lead, and then they were down 10. Like, yeah. The fact that they came back was, was encouraging. Because yeah. usually, you know, they kind of roll yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, and and I know that a lot of people probably listen. Oh man, we've been here before. I get it. I understand. And I'm I'm coming here with 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 fresh optimism and everything. But I feel good about that. I felt good about that moment because I'm like, dang, if 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 only you had two more seconds on the clock and he could have got that off. Yeah, well, then that would have been an amazing finish. I'd feel better about the whole thing if if Maxi was on a different level right now. But he's for some reason has gone significantly backwards. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four to hop in pitch clock. The idea traded for Jalen Ramsey and your reaction to the Sixers Saturday night. I, I just I'm I'm disappointed here with where Tyrese Maxey is. Andrew is in Springfield. What's up, Andrew? Andrew. Hey guys, how you doing, man? What's Good morning, on, man. How you doing? Hey Andrew, what's up, buddy? Joe, I'm normally with you, but you, you got me with this Jalen Ramsey. Are you crazy? 
I mean, did the time change? Are you waking up earlier or something going on? Well, like, I am waking up a little bit earlier, so maybe that's part of it. But like, what, what am I? Why am I crazy for trying to get a Hall of Fame corner? Okay, so how good was James Bradbury last year? Why not play him 20 and pay the extra three and keep the 10 pick? It makes no sense to trade the 10 pick. Now, if you're telling me a guy like Denver wants to blow it up and they want to get Patrick Tertain away or mm-hmm. J.C. Horn is available and you still got two to three years of a rookie deal and he's kind of proven himself because, you know, the Panthers want the pick to package sure. it to move up to one, that I'm with you. But to trade 10 for a guy who's still going to cost us 17 Okay, why not just pay Pat Bradbury, bring him back, and then use a 10 pick on a guy that's going to learn behind Bradbury for a year or two? Well, a couple things. I agree with you. I mean, look, if, if Sertain or Horn were available, I, obviously that you're, that's more logical. Right? Go after the younger guy, the cheaper guy. I'm, I'm with you on that. They're not available. Ramsey is he's on the trade block right now. So at least there's— I get that. So, but the other so part—well, the other part okay. is Bradbury's two years older. Like, when, the, when speed goes a corner, you're done. Andrew, it will not surprise me at all if Bradbury signs somewhere 20— Play safety. Yeah, twenty million a year, and and a year from now he's not he's he just he he falls off pretty quickly. I mean, you, you got three more years of Ramsey before I worry about that. Well, what about the idea of doing a which is what I would do is why not take a guy at ten, then take a, a defensive tackle at thirty, and then spend the money like a, a Steven Nelson from a few years ago. You bring in a veteran who's going to start necessarily, who we all know is not going to light the world on fire, but he's still a veteran. He's been around the league, somebody that the new coach knows, or whatever the case may be. You pay a lot less for a guy like that on a one-year deal, and you still got the rookie. If the rookie shows out and he is, you know, he doesn't have to be soft, but he could be, uh, I forgot the guy the Houston took last year. Oh, Stingley, right, Derek Stingley? Really, yeah. Stingley, who had quietly a very good year that people aren't talking about because sauce was, you know, on a different level. But right. he had a really good year last year. Yeah, that's an, Andrew, did, that's an interesting thought, you, that maybe draft, like you're saying, draft a guy at 10, but also sign like a smaller price corner in case he's not ready. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you could do yeah. that. You could do that, but but I think that with the young corners that you have that are coming into this draft, I don't think is I don't think it's going to be that hard to find somebody that you can plug and play immediately. I, I no, don't not think at that's ten. The case. I don't think so. Not at ten. You know, what I mean, at ten, and and you still have. I mean, I think he's trash now. But speaking of falling off the hill, but you still got Slay on the other side, so you're not expecting this guy to step in and be your number one corner, quote unquote. You're expecting him to be the guy opposite the guy. And then he can build up to being the number one. Well, so you're right. He's got options. Totally. The other thing, Andrew, that, that that strikes me, and I and I hope I'm wrong on this, is the Eagles have had a blind spot drafting corners for two decades. I mean, they, they, well, other than other than Jalen Mills, very late in the draft, and he was really good for his draft position. They haven't drafted a corner that could play on the outside here in in. I mean, I'm not saying decades. And real quick, guys, I just want to get this in before I leave. I've been talking to a lot of my boys about this, and I don't know how you guys feel. I'm praying that Richardson's there at ten, and we move back. Because I think your best option, you can get a lot of picks. If he's there, 10, pull a deal like the Chicago did a few years ago with the Giants mm-hmm. and move back from 10 to 18, 19, 20, where Seattle is. And that's what I would do personally. Because then at 20, you could decide you can take Robinson out of Texas, which might be more probable to take a running back at 20. And then you get an extra second, maybe a first next year. And you just keep rolling it because you got to start thinking about that kind of stuff now that you're going to pay the quarterback. Yeah, well, you are. Andrew, you're doing. We appreciate the call. I mean, Hugh, I'd be shocked if Howie doesn't move around in the draft. He does it every year. Up, down, Howie's going to move around. Yeah, um, I mean, because, like, this this is the thing that I know about the draft to be a, a, a truism is that there's always going to be somebody taken in the first round that nobody projected to be taken in the first round. Yep. There's always going to be a name that we're going to be told that's going to be an extreme high pick that isn't or doesn't go where he's anticipated on going. 
and there's always a, a curveball in there. And that throws everybody in a tizzy. And there might be an opportunity where a guy that was projected to go higher falls, and he might fall into the Eagles' lap. And it, that might be the case. Well, the quarterback thing is interesting. Because like, if, if all four – I think there's four quarterbacks that probably will go in the first round this year. If all four go ahead of the Eagles, Hugh, it's going to push – the good the players Eagles might want down to them, right? Like if there's four quarterbacks in the first nine picks, that means those these corners we're talking about, they're going to be there for them, right? Yeah. I don't know how many of them, two or three of them are going to be there. But the opposite, what our last caller just said, is true too. If if one of those quarterbacks falls to ten, the Eagles could trade the pick to someone who wants the quarterback. Yeah, and you know what's funny? Th- this is how this is why I believe what I believe because all year long, I I've heard that Will Levis is the absolute best quarterback quarterback to come in. He's NFL ready right now. Right now, they say he's NFL ready. Do you know who's projected to go before him? Anthony Richardson from Florida. And Anthony Richardson was a guy who a lot of people talked about. He had a lot of athletic ability, but they were kind of questioning his ability to be a quarterback. A little raw. Yeah, a little raw talent. But he's projected to go on some of these dra- mock drafts higher than Will Levis. So explain to me that, you know, and, and, and that's just how it is. That, that, that's just how it is when you talk about these young quarterbacks. Everybody pretends like they know, but you don't know until these scouts start to look at them and really start to take their game to the lab. Well, with the combine coming up, too, this week, things will change. We'll start hearing more rumors. I mean, the Bears might trade that first pick. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Kevin, who's on the sub. What's up, Kevin? Hey there. Thanks for getting my call in. Uh, I was at that game, and I got two points, and they're all based around Doc. And I, and I want to tell you, I got no optimism after that game. Um, first thing, that last play with Tatum, he was clearly isolated. Like, he was standing back there throughout the entire timeout, knowing that that play was going to eventually be all him. We'd have a timeout left to counterattack. We had nothing. We would not, he, It was more or less an uncontested shot. And he was clearly isolated that that was going to be him the entire time, and, and we just simply didn't respond. Um, I think part of that definitely falls on Doc. And then the second thing is, is you know, I don't have the schedule in front of me. I'm curious what the uh, the next six games are with the Sixers. But, you know, if this is truly a good team, they put this game behind them and they show their strength and they go, you know, 5-1, and 4-2. and two. I, I don't trust Doc. I, I, I don't think he can get this team settled to have a good next six games and all of a sudden we're going to drop you know, be four games, five games behind Boston, and 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 it just kind of like status quo. It seems like for the rest, you know, for the past two to three years, we should be this good, but then the standing show, you know, we're the third, fourth, fifth best team. Yeah, well, and, Kevin, and then, to your point, I don't think they're catching Boston. I mean, I think it's 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 almost right. Yeah, it, it, there's no shot. I'll I put agree. it that way. They're not going to make four games up on them in the next, you know, third of the season or whatever's left, 25 games or whatever. As far as the Tatum thing goes, you're right. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, it's clear that he's going to be the one taking that shot. The one thing I would say in this, we could blame Doc, but I don't, I, who, what, who do you want guarding him, right? Like, obviously you want a little more resistance to him getting the ball, but the Sixers just don't have a player that can guard him. I mean, they, they really, I mean, Tobias Harris, take, you know, Tatum's going to cook him. What, did we, I don't know if you think it was, was it, was it Harris that was defending? I thought it was Anthony, um, uh... Wasn't was it Harris? And I apologize for not. I think it was Harris on the last play. Yeah, yeah, it was Harris. Okay, my my bad. But yeah, no, I I get you. I just felt like you know, if if you're gonna put, you got to put some sort of disruption. You 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 know, just like you know, uh, you line up against a wide receiver. You know, you 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 give him that push, you give him that nudge, and none of that was there. It was just, 
it was just a clear shot. I mean, even that, even before the ball's inbound, it can't get closer in his face. I don't know. It just it just frustrates the heck out of me. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if Kevin, we appreciate it, man. Hugh, it was a game that it, it is funny because I I've, I you know, you you're not the only one you I've seen that has some optimism after the game, right? Because they were right there with the Celtics. Yeah. But there's also that. We've been here before. You've they seen they, this, they you've can't seen, get over this hump. Yeah, you've seen how this played out. So yeah, I I, I totally get all of that. But you know when you when you you hear the uh, disappointment in Joel Embiid's voice, and you look at the way they played in this game, you got to think that you know there's going to be some adjustments made. And like I said, PJ Tucker will have more. Hopefully, will have more of an impact in the playoffs, and that becomes the difference there. And Tyrese Maxey, man, listen, you, you got to step up. You you have to step up. It's a half court game in the playoffs, and and that's what I think that they're they're hoping for. They're just they're just trying to get through the regular season, wait till the playoffs start. Here is how much we overrated Tyrese Maxey in Philadelphia. I, I I forget exactly the numbers, but we we did polls here, Hugh, in, in July. Remember when the first Kevin Durant stuff came out, oh, Kyle? Oh yeah. When the idea of Durant asking out of the you know Brooklyn came up for the first time, let's say last June or July, whenever that was. I remember we did polls here. Would you trade Tyrese Maxey for Kevin Durant? And am I remember this right? It was at least fifty percent. Uh, well, maybe even more so. I, that, I think the majority of Sixers fans were saying, "No, do not trade Tyrese Maxey, no matter what." Now I'm watching the game in in almost March, with a critical game. He's scoring eight points. Like I, I'm not saying this yeah, kid's. You need, you need more. Yeah, I'm not saying his career's <laughs> over, but we overrated him. Like he's not a top three guy in a title team right now. And and the, unfortunately, they need him to be because they have obviously Embiid and they have Harden, who didn't have a great night, but Harden's had a good season. They don't have a third guy. Yeah, you're going to need that when you when you talk about the teams that have had success. Because even look at, at at Golden State the year that they won it. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the one that punched dude in the face. Uh, Draymond. Ike's, Draymond. 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 Yeah, Ike's. I'm about to say Ike's alma mater boy. Yeah, he was. A, oh, he, yeah, was a huge fact. yeah he was. Yeah, he was a yeah. huge factor in that game. Well, he was huge, right? and and you just at some point you're going to need scoring from somebody other than Joel. Yeah, because that because they're going to you know that's that's the guy that you're going to be looking at. Yeah, you're going to stop him, like stop him, and then make everybody else beat you. That that's going to be the philosophy going into the playoffs. Well, look, Boston walked away from that game tonight and said, "Yeah, Joel got his 41. We still won the game." Yeah, like they could they he going to get his. You just got to stop the other cats from getting there. Exactly. As far as the, the schedule goes, so our last call I mentioned the schedule. So tonight they play Miami here at home. So it's Miami coming up after that. He won the like, next five or six games. Miami, and then it's Miami again. They have a home-and-home home in Miami. Dallas, Milwaukee, Indiana. That's a big one next Saturday night in Milwaukee against the, the Bucks. So, yeah, the, the schedule, and it's come up every time the Sixers have been on the last couple weeks. The schedule is significant, Hugh, over the next couple weeks. Like it, They, they have the toughest schedule in the NBA. Yeah, no question about that, and they have the toughest stretch coming up. So they're going to have to figure out. They're going to have to pull some rabbits out of the hat and try to figure out how to, how to maintain down this stretch. Yeah, and I, I will be interested to see how they manage minutes and rest because they, you know, you want to be fresh heading into the postseason, but you also want to have the good seed, right? That's it's like that balance between. Yeah. But I, and you're going to start. What's that load management? That's going to start. Uh, becoming it's, a thing. it's every it's everything, right? Yeah, that's that, going to that's going to be a thing. So right now they're 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 kind of in the middle. They're kind of just kind of stuck in the middle. They're the in third place, the Eastern Conference, four games back at the top. They're two and a half up on fourth. I mean, it, I think three is where they're going to end up, almost regardless of what they do. T. Is it Southway? What's up, T? T. Uh, how you doing? Listen, um, I, I've been I just sit on my radio and I hear y'all saying uh, Tyrese Maxey like overrated. Totally, and totally overrated. I, I, I oh no, 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 no. Let me tell you something about Maxey. Maxey confidence just got taken away by Doc. Not to say Doc put him on the bench because that's like that's a good spot for him, but his confidence got taken away by playing with Joel and B and James Harden. They hold the ball too much. There's no passing going around. 
they ISO ball players. So when they get the ball, he's just standing around. Like every time he get the ball, he's standing around. And then when he got, then when he come in the second, when he come in um with the second team, he's basically forcing everything. He's trying to like get shots up. He's trying to like force shots. Like he's not confident right now. Like if nobody don't see that he's not confident right now. Well, T, whose it, fault is that? It's the coach's fault. But, 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 how? He's because on the, the coach. No, when you're a coach, you're supposed to you're supposed to exude confidence and, and, and um into your into your into your players. Yeah, but, but to, T, if he's a star player, he uh, gets his buckets uh, and he figures it out. Is, is he a star player or is he an okay player? Yes, no, he's a, to me, he's a star player. To me, he's he's the second best player on our team. To me, I don't care what nobody says. No, no, no. He is not. This year, he hasn't been close to Harden. T, come on. Yo, did you see Harden came with jump? He can't move. Harden's oh. averaging twenty one and eleven. Twenty one and eleven. Yeah, look what he's doing. He's sitting there taking. I'm behind shots, like, all the time. He can average way more than that. Tyrese Maxey had eight points Saturday. Tyrese Maxey had eight points Saturday. So did Mulligan. Um, then, then, then um, James Harden had, like, 11 and, like, 12 and, like, 13 and, like, 14. Like, don't he be scoring like that? T. Listen, I, I love you, man, but there's no I way Max say, has been close to hard in this I, season. I, I will, I will say there might be something to that because one of the things that that has been an issue in, in Atlanta is the fact that they went out and got Dejounte Murray, and right. him and Trey Young have not been able to coexist for whatever reason. So there might be something to that when you have you know veteran players trying to freeze guys out. Basketball is a weird game like that when you don't when you trying to get a guy involved and you're not really doing a good job of that. So it, there might be something to that. It's not it's, it's not easy to get everyone their touches. T, I agree with you on that. But the bottom line is, T, we appreciate the phone call. That, that's his job. Like when he comes in the game, they need him. Like they need him to figure it out. And when he gets his touches, to take better shots. He hasn't this year. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's how you hop board. Ton of ton of jump in. Take your phone calls. Everything on the table. Sixers reaction from Saturday. I'm disappointed in Maxi, and, and really, I, I think we totally overrated him. Hughes feeling encouraged by what he saw here. Very encouraged. Yeah, they were close. I mean, they really were. Rule changes in baseball. The pitch clock is incredible. And would you take trade the 10th pick in the draft for Jalen Ramsey? I would do it. I'm on Ramsey Allen here. Also, Eagles are listed as the betting favorites to draft a big-name player in this coming draft. We'll tell you who that is next. And talk, talk to Elliot coming up at 1. Hugh Douglas, Show Julio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Probably the most important to me, you know, is being on a good roster, you know, having the ability to get to the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs, but also, you know, I don't want to play for cheap, you know. Yeah, we know it. The voice there of G- of uh, James Bradbury. Welcome back. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, 215-592-9494. It is the WIP Midday Show, 1 o'clock. Elliot will join us where he boards his plane to the scouting combine in Indianapolis. We heard from Bradbury there about his contract, about his future a couple weeks ago. And you, I want to replace him with Star. I want to trade for Jalen Ramsey. He's available. The Rams are going to trade Jalen Ramsey sometime probably in the next couple of weeks. It probably picks up here at the Combine. And I'd be willing to trade the 10th pick in the draft for him. I know it's a big price, but we're talking about a guy who's still a top-five corner in the game, and they can replicate what they had last year. And I just I am worried about having too much youth on this defense. You, I, I would do it. I, I would trade the 10th pick in the draft for Jalen Ramsey. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I, I, I look at it like this. You're giving away the, the 10th pick, and you're going to have to sign him to some more money. That's a lot. When I can go out here and get in a draft that is going to be abundant with young talent, I go out and get one of those young players, man, and ride with him. Yeah, ride with one of them young cats. I hope you know. You know, and we've seen how he evolved over the years, right? He's. I think he's certainly a better GM now than he was five years ago, six mm-hmm. years ago, ten years ago. Corner's been a hole, though. They have they've 
done a poor job of drafting yeah, but corners. I, I think that this year and this year's draft, it should be a little bit easier because you're talking about uh, some guys that you go out and you go and pop on the tape and you see you see some of the guys that they went up against. They got some pretty good skill sets. You can't coach speed. You can't not coach speed. And some of these guys that are coming out in the draft, they have exactly that, and they know how to cover. So a couple years ago when they needed a wide receiver desperately, uh, a lot of people thought that Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, that group was Howie-proof. As long as he got one of those guys, yeah. he didn't have to worry about if he could evaluate them. You think this corner group is Howie-proof? Yes, I do, because you're talking about – like, this is the thing. When you talk about those group of receivers and, and that talent pool, what are you talking about? You're talking about the SEC. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're talking about the SEC. And and I think that's where Howie is – and for lack of using a better word, it's become idiot-proof. Go ahead and get some of them cats from the SEC, man. Take all those Alabama and Georgia guys. Yeah, take them cats from the SEC, man. Make it easy on yourself. Well, I, I do think that that is certainly part of this, and if, if they get the right guy, I, I, I think I, I will come – I'll agree with you on this. If the, if I, you tell me there's a corner there at 10 that can really play yeah. at a high level and he's cheaper, yeah, I'll take that. But I don't, I don't know if – I don't know that. And number two, if they're going to get the right guy or the guy they want's going to be there. And that's why, Kyle, I, w- I would trade for Jalen Ramsey because, you know, a lot of people have said his age and he's on the wrong side mm. – He's still playing at a top five level. Yeah, he's still 28. I get that. I just I went into this offseason thinking that the most important thing for the Eagles was to absolutely nail this draft and get immediate contributors. It's going to be infinitely more difficult to do that if you trade away the 10th pick for one guy and then have to pay him all that money. I just I, I can't, can't get behind it. Yeah. A lot of money. I look at that 10th and pick. And i got to give my quarterback a lot of money. I look at it as found money. That's a free bet right there. That Saints pick. That house came out money? Of, that's house money. Go get Jalen Ramsey. Two picks. I'm going to go youngin. I'm going to give me some youngin. Yeah, I, I want to keep a vet on this, 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 um, this secondary. And they had it last year. They had two top five corners. One's obviously going to walk out the door here with Bradbury. I would trade for Ramsey with you. 215-592-9494. Your thoughts on the pitch clock? Love it or hate it? I loved it, what I saw over the weekend, even with those violations. And uh, the Sixers, thoughts from Saturday night. We react here. You, you, you're feeling pretty good. I, I like your Real Sixers. Good. We need some Sixers optimism around here. You, yeah, you, I, I mean, I just got here. I'm not jaded yet. Yeah, give him a year. <laughs> give him a year. Give him until May 15th <laughs> yeah, give him when we're all screaming and yelling. Yeah, then it, when it gets hostile for me, then I might change my mind. Here's what I'm jaded about. Tyrese Maxey and his development. I, I think we overrated this kid. He's a nice player. He's not an all-star, and he's not where the Sixers need him to be as the third wheel on this thing to go win a title. 215-592-9494. Let's talk to Chris, King of Prussia. What's up, Chris? Chris. Joe, what's going on? What's up, Hugh? What's up, man? How hey, you doing Chris. today? Yeah, um... A few things. Well, I don't know why you're saying this thing about Maxi being overrated because, I mean, what the dude he was saying is, is Doc Rivers' fault. I, that's that's where I'm going with it because, like I said before when I called the show, the Sixers do not know how to develop players. They just don't. When you look at Boston, every everybody that got over there, they pretty much developed besides the uh, couple guys they got coming off the bench. Everybody that comes to the Sixers, just like Ben Simmons, they cannot develop them. Well, but they, Chris, they developed Joel Embiid into one of the best players in the league. No, no, and I would challenge you on that. I would just say that Joel Embiid was probably he, – he's just a physical specimen. No, right, Chris. That, 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 wait, no, wait, no. wait, wait. Chris, on, Chris, on, Chris, when he came in the league, he didn't have – I mean, not even a tenth of the offensive game he has now. Okay, even if you want to go with that one person that you say that they developed, we can go to the many that they didn't. Uh, ben Simmons, uh, Markel Fultz, um, Matisse Thibel. Uh, but, but maybe these maybe right these guys in. aren't that good, but, or maybe these guys aren't that good. Like I, I think Ma- Ma- Maxi. No, no, hold on, hold on. I think Max is a good player. I'm, I'm not trying to tell you he's he's uh, Fultz, right or Thibel. Mm-hmm. He's better than those guys. We all know that. 
But we talked about him last year as if he was ready to be the second scorer next to Embiid. He had eight points Saturday. Yeah, and I think I think that's what what Joe's trying to, to get across, and he's probably using the wrong wrong words. But you're gonna need like if you want to make some noise in this playoffs, man, you're gonna need more from him, especially going down the stretch with these tough games that you have coming up. No, we letting Doc Rivers off the hook here. He's got to be better. With, <laughs> with, we got he got to be better. I mean, it was no reason for him to even take Maxi out of the starting lineup. Well, there was, there, but there was a reason. Whether or not no, we did, I don't think so. Well, Chris, we, we, we could we could debate on the merits of the reason, but the reason was they were getting torched on the perimeter with both him and Harden. They, neither of those guys played good defense. They, he wanted to get Melton's defense in the game. Like we could disagree on was it worth it. I think that's All right, so. Coach Harden to play better defense. Don't take Doc off the hook by taking. Oh Maxie yeah, James. Harden at 33 is going to play better defense. It's not all right, well, then defense. we put an assignment. Then we let oh, that, but, all right, well, well, that's a different discussion. Chris, we appreciate that. The bottom line is this. You got a little saucy with that, that one, Joe. You, you well, dug in on this Joe, one a little bit. You know, because everyone, no one likes to blame the players for anything. It's always the coach's fault. I think I do a terrific job. <laughs> and I don't even think he's a good coach. But like it's, Maxie had open shots Saturday. You saw some yeah. of them, and he just missed them. Yeah, you got you to contribute more. Like, And, and it's weird because... Like I said, my 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 view more so was in Atlanta dealing with Trey and 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 DeJounte Murray. Now DeJounte Murray comes in that last year, and that was the big talk about how they're gonna be the best backcourt in the mm-hmm. NBA. They have not yet to this day figured it out. And they just fired, they just fired uh Nate McMillan. Yep. So there's something like this is the problem. When you have players of that caliber, the coach usually is the one to blame because he can't get the most out of his players. You got to figure out how to do that. I, I don't know what that is. You got to figure out the players why, and that's probably one of the absolute hardest things to do as an NBA coach is figure out a player's why, because you have players that that play well, but for whatever reason, it does not translate to playing together co- cohesively. Yeah, and I think sometimes with young players in the NBA, they go up and they go down, right? They, go, they, they it's not like a steady progression. And Maxi mm-hmm. went up a lot last year. He had 39 points in that the playoff game. That was a good call game. on Markel Fultz, though, because he was supposed to be that dude. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you, when I was um, when I, I was doing my night shows, this was just— Wait, he's in Orlando now, right? He's in Orlando? Yep. Yes. Wow. So he Oh, how the mighty have He fun. forgot how to shoot. <laughs> I mean, he literally forgot how to shoot. It was it was amazing to watch. I, I used to get calls from people who said he was at gyms late at night, like five working years his, ago. Working on his shot. Yeah, like all by himself. And they were like, he, he's not making anything. And I'm like, is this real? I, I, I would like the absolute hardest job in professional sports has to be GM. Because you're going into it. These guys have are making guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. And you have to sit down and you have to vet these kids and you have to figure out their why. And it's like it's, it's just like a job interview. They go out and tell you exactly what you want to hear until you sign them. And then they get here and go, that's it. It's a wrap. Kiss the bait. And then you're done. Right? If you that's, make, it. that's it. You make two or three of those mistakes, you're out. That's you- it. Because we don't have time to figure out if you're going to be the next whoever, LeBron James, whatever. We don't have time for that. Well, the other thing with that is you're betting on very young people, right? Yeah. It's one thing if you're interviewing someone who's 45 years old. You kind of get a good glimpse of who they are, what, what they're like, like their, you know, their resume. 18 years old, you got to make a guess on these kids. Yeah, and then, you know, some of them get, you know, they, they get in the NBA and they get, they get caught up in the other, other life. Sure. And it's, it's, they just can't, they can't play anymore. Yeah, I mean, to, I think that's the, that's the one thing about sports, to guess what's upstairs, like what's in someone's head. It's hard. Kashaka's in half you. What's up, Kashaka? Hey, hey, what's up, Joe? What's up, Hugh? What's going on, brother? How you doing? How you doing, buddy? Great, man. Love to hear you all, hear you guys, man. You guys are awesome. I just want to say that, number one. Thank you, sir. Well, we appreciate that. We're having fun. What are you thinking today? What's your thought? Well, I'm saying, yeah, like, okay, like, I got these burning, like, 
thoughts in my mind just from hearing you guys from the last segment and into this one. And um, about, like, the Sixers game. Like, that, that – oh, my God, that last shot. I, oh, it's insane. heartbreaking, it's wasn't it? I'm like, even the even sportscaster said, like, it, that he's never seen that before. It, having that miraculous shot being taken away because a second or half a second. Ugh. Well, I, but, and it was almost, I mean, that you could put that up there with any great last second shot you've ever seen. It was a 70-foot heave. I mean, that was ridiculous. Yeah, and it didn't count. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, man, that's crazy. But the other thing was, so about Maxie, I mean, you, Joe, <laughs> you're funny. You tend to stir it up. I mean, I get it. Like, I'm just speaking the truth. Radio. We would, This city <laughs> didn't want to trade him for Durant, Kashuk, and now he's getting eight points. No, but is he a bust? No, I, I, no, no, no. Wait, I didn't say he was a bust. I said we overrated him. He's a nice player, but is he ready Over. to be the third banana? Well, you know what? Okay, okay, okay. I'll get you on. He couldn't step up in the big game. Like, we had a lead, and then, you know, I guess over time, the, the bench unit, you know, like, couldn't, like, stand up with, you know, their bench. Like, they're more, they're more deep deeper than us, and then we're putting Tyrese back in to be, like, you know that guy, but like, like we we've seen it. Well, he can be, and I, I for one, don't think that. I think I'm I'm on both sides of the coin with Durant. So, I think on the one hand, to win now, yes, I would have traded him last year or, or whatever. They could they could do if we had to put him and Simmons and two thirds and two firsts. I mean, and whatever. But like, on the other hand, like like it's the future. It's like Durant has he's been hurt. You know what I mean? He's been hurt. Mm. Like, is he going to even finish this year? I mean, I, I don't – knock on wood, like, I don't hope that – I don't want anybody, you know, to get hurt. But it's like, come on. It's I like, think I heard the rim. So, so, so Maxi <laughs> just needs to mature more, and, and, and I think that part is up to Doc. I am – I've been frustrated with Doc like a lot of folks. But, like, I think that he's done a phenomenal job this year. We've had so many comebacks that – Let's be honest, we shouldn't have won. The Grizzlies is the, last, the biggest game probably this year with that. Um, but, but you know, I think that he needs to do better with meshing his, his rotation, See, his, um, his um, line, um, lineup. I'll say this. I, I, don't, I don't know if you could blame the I – don't, I don't know if all the blame should fall on the coach, though, because it's up to the player. Like, when you're, when you're making that kind of money and, and you're, you have these lofty expectations – you, there's some accountability that, that, that comes with, with that as well. Mm-hmm. So you have to take it upon yourself to do what you have to do to become a better player. I, I, I think that's the case. And I think a lot of times when you talk about the way that these coaches get fired, that's the problem with the NBA. Because we are this, this is a league where it's so star-driven that if things aren't going right, the first person that you always blame always. is going to be the coach. It's always. And it's never, it never falls on the player. Yeah, Kashaka, we appreciate you. You, you're right. I, I think, look, I, I think it's fair to say Doc has not done a great job in Philadelphia. Decent, but not great. Mm-hmm. But everything gets put on him. It's like yeah. it's like the players are not responsible for any of this. Just, I, I want to. That's pay- the only sport that I look at and think that those guys are coddled way more than everybody else. If it's not going well, fire the coach. Get somebody in here. Hire his boy. Get somebody here that you like, and let's try to win like that. That's how it goes. And here's the reality: if you have the best roster, you I could coach the team. Like it, it's not that it's, like basketball. Who's who? Tyrone Lue, right? <laughs> Tyrone Lue 
I got the job because his boy, he's like, hey, don't worry about it, coach. What you want to run, LeBron? I could coach a basketball team if I get the right players. If you have the best players. That's, that's the, it. It's, the other sports, and baseball is kind of like that too. If you have a stacked roster, your team's going to win 90 games, whatever you do. Football is the one where you need to know what you're doing. Just, I want to paint the picture. I found some of the polls. I found some Marks and Reese polls back last summer. This one was on a July. This was just this past July. Would you trade Maxi as part of a package for Donovan Mitchell? 69% said no. Okay. A year and a half ago, would you trade Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey for Damian, Damian Lillard? Damian Lillard, who had 71 Dame points last dollar. night. Dame, okay? Dame Dollar. That was only 44% said yes. Uh, 44% said no. So 56, So 44% said they would not trade Maxey and Simmons, who can't play, for Dame Lillard. We overrated him. It's okay. It's all right. All right, quickly, before we get back to the phone lines here, we wanted to bring this to you because we saw this and – Hugh, this is really interesting. I know it's just what it's just like a, a glimpse into things, but mm-hmm. the odds are up. You could do betting odds on like where a guy gets drafted, right? Which yeah. team drafts a certain player. So how about this? The Eagles are the favorite, and I think it's by a pretty good margin too, to draft Bijan Robinson, the running Who's back. Running back from Texas. Yes. Uh, so they are plus two seventy five, the favorite. The next closest, the Bills at four to one, and the Cowboys at five to one. That's a pretty big gap. So they are clearly the favorite to draft Bajan Robinson, a running back. And, I mean, this kid's going to be a first-round pick. Listen, you know what I remember about Bijan Robinson? He was driving a Lamborghini in college. He had a Lamborghini NIL deal. Hmm. Like, that. I, if I'm not mistaken, the deal was that he could he trades it in every so often. So this young man came into the – he came into college driving a guinea. So, driving a Lamborghini. So he'll be driving in Philadelphia style if he gets drafted? Uh, I probably wouldn't suggest he drive these, these streets. <laughs> right. I don't know. These streets are unkind. I don't know if you want to drive that on these streets, brother. But that, that, that's what I remember about it. That would be – I don't know if I'll get him at 10. I don't know about 30 either. Well, I mean, the Eagles historically just – you would think no, right? The yeah, Eagles don't yeah, draft that's, running that's backs kinda, the first like, round. Like, that's high. Like, to me, when you talk about in this draft, in this draft in particular, you talking about taking a running back that high? Yeah, that that's like in Ty Gurley. That that's I, Ty I think Gurley, exactly Saquon Barkley kind of kind of kind of range. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if he's that. Like those those are guys that when you look at they're 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 bell cows. That's that's Eddie George. That's all the Kajana Carters guys like that Super that stars. you look at. Yeah, yeah, that you look at and be like, hey, he gonna tote the rock. Adrian Peterson, yeah, seventh pick. AP, yeah, that that I don't know. I don't know if he's that. I mean, my first instinct is there's no way the Eagles draft on a running back in the first round. They just don't do this. No, I don't think so. But this kid might be different. And, Kyle, I remember back in the day there were rumors that, was it 17, that they liked Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think, do, do you know when the last time the Eagles drafted a uh, running back in the first round was, Joe? I mean, it's forever ago. It's 1986. Yeah. Keith Byers at the 10th overall pick. The Ohio State University. There you go. 86. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, he used to run with the little feet, man. (laughs) Keith wear like a size nine and a half shoe. He used to just scoot across the (laughs) the thing. Yes, Keith was a beast, though. Yeah, I I just don't see it. The Eagles don't draft running backs in the first round. We know what positions they prioritize, right? The the lines, defensive tackle, That's what you win the game. The the game is won in the trenches, bro. So we all agree on that. Yet we can also agree Vegas does not, and in sports books, do not put up odds to look dumb, right? They're putting the Eagles as the favorite here. Everyone knows what we know, right? It takes a five-second Google search to say, do the Eagles draft running backs in the first round? And you realize, no, they do not. So you think that they have well, some inside there's track, so- the inside track? Something there. You think Howie texting, he, he responded to other people texting, ain't responding And not you? That would oh, be heartbreaking. Yeah, that would that'd be, be that'd be heartbreaking. That'd be wrong. We're still waiting for the Howie Roseman text here. <laughs> yeah. You know what this does mean, though? What's that? It's almost surely the end of Miles Sanders as an Eagle. 
Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. definitely. Uh, my, my, I hope Miles is renting in Philadelphia because if he's buying, he better. If he did buy, let me, where, where he live? I might need to get <laughs> he that. He needs a place. <laughs> need a place. Maybe send a message <laughs> to Miles. All right, let's talk to Frank and Bluebell. What's up, Frank? Hey, how you doing? What's going on, What man? are you thinking, Frank? Um, for me, I'm, I'm just an NFL guy. I don't care about baseball or basketball. I strictly look at the NFL. I'm taking the, the kid the running back from uh, Texas. It's a no-brainer for me. From what they're saying about him now, it's different. Uh, you know, this guy does everything. Uh, he's he's already out pro. He's probably going to e- easiest thing to plug in as a running back. You have a great offensive line, and you have a quarterback that would you you they'd be unstoppable. Well, Frank, I, I, was, I think this. There's, there's zero question in my mind he could come in and help right away. It's just a matter of his how long he lasts and his value and if it's worth it in the first round. But he, he looks like a star. Here, here's the other thing I would do with the other pick. The, uh, the pick at the end of the draft, I'm taking an edge rusher. I want to put more pressure, less time. I don't need an all-pro cornerback. I have one. I don't need another one. Very few teams have that. If you could get to the passer, passer – you could. They don't have time, and I'm taking on the second round. I'm taking a cornerback. All right. So, so, so you're not on Ramsey Island. Defense. You're not with me on Ramsey Island here, Frank. Who? Ramsey Island. You don't want Jalen Ramsey? Get lost. Get oh, lost. Frank. I love how we just say get lost to Hall of Fame players. We don't want that guy. It just got. Pushed. I don't want a 28 year old guy. I have to pay a fortune to when he's not going to be as important as this running back. I want to go back. Wait a to the second. You wait, I don't Frank. Play in Frank. The woods. Frank. Do I have to? You're telling me that you'd rather have Bajon Robinson than Jalen Ramsey? Robinson. Absolutely. He's a running back. No brainer. I said it from the beginning. No brainer. Oh, Frank. I love you, man, but I, I disagree. It just got personal. You'd rather have a running back than a star <laughs> corner? What are we doing here? We're losing What's our minds. With him? What is going uh, on around like, here? That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't I don't see him being a first round draft pick. I might be wrong. It's hard, like for me, especially when you talk about a team that has historically devalued that position, mm-hmm. I can't see it. I can't. But, hey, these guys probably know more than I do. Maybe Howie's texting them back and, and letting them know what he's thinking. I do wonder, and this I brought this up earlier when it came, comes to Ramsey, I wonder if the Eagles look at it as, as kind of house money. They have an extra first-round pick. Yeah, you probably are. You probably are, but I think that you should be looking at it as, you know, both of your defense. Help your help your defensive coordinator out, but I I can't also see why you would get a running back because that having a, a the quarterback back there with his ability plus a, a bona fide runner that that expands your offense tremendously. But I don't know if I'm taking a running back at ten. Well, the problem with it is I think we all agree he's the he best back. Play. Yeah, he better play. He's playing immediately. But that position they get banged up. You know, at the at the running back position they don't last very long. It's 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 risky. I mean, you mentioned Todd Gurley. I mean, you he was an amazing player, but Until then he hurt his knee. It was and over. Then it just he just fell off, man. And that's the chance that you're taking. Your your best hope at that position. Well, Eddie had like seven or eight quality years at that position. That's the hope. Because you're talking about a 30 to 40 carry back. Like, that's like 30 carries a game. Yeah. That's 30 carries a game. And they usually, when they're carrying the ball like that, Sean Alexander was a guy. Like, when they're carrying the ball like that, they don't last long, man. And they're on the clock. Uh, that That's that's just that position. Derrick Henry, same thing. Oh, it's good. He's be- on the clock. I- like, he had a slow. He started off slow this year. And you thought that this was a year. But he came on strong. But that's that's basically what you're looking yeah. at. Guys like that. They 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 fall off 
pretty fast. It wouldn't shock me if Henry falls off, you know, yeah. soon. It, it's just it's just the reality of the position. Brian's at Jim Thorpe. What's up, Brian? Hello. Thanks for taking my call, guys. What's going on, man? How hey, you Brian. Hey, uh, Hugh. I'm glad you uh, came to uh, Philadelphia because uh, we all, uh, as fans here in Philly, uh, just love the way you played. Man. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, I just wanted to call about Maxi, mm-hmm. but before I get to that, I would say, would you agree that Joel Embiid I think he's gotten better at those. I mean, it, it struck me on Saturday. The Celtics used to give him a lot of trouble. You know, Horford, how physical they were. I, I thought for the most part, he, yeah, I think he's grown, Brian. I mean, he's, we're, we're watching the peak of Joel Embiid. This is the best he's ever been. And Maxie's been in the, uh, in the league for, what, two, three years, maybe two and a half or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a young player, yep. So, I mean, don't you see the potential growth in this kid? Absolutely. But, Brian, we talked about him as if he was ready to be the third star, or maybe second, the way we talked about him last summer, next to Joel. I don't feel that we – I think we, we we put the cart before the horse. He's not there yet. But I thought Tobias was supposed to be that. Well, I mean, <laughs> in terms of his salary, sure. But we, I think have, we have know you, what that have is. Have you looked at the past games where Maxie has been the second highest scorer? Well, we, he's, he's – in particular, he's talking about the game the other night. We only scored eight. Like oh, I went back and talked. That's one game. Yeah, yeah, but when you talk about, I, see, I not I know where Joe's coming from because when you talk about this murderous row of games that you have coming up, basically what he's saying at, at where we are now, you need more contribution from him if he's going to be one of your guys that you're going to depend on in, in the. Playoffs. No, I agree with that. Yeah, but and, and Brian, it's not the, it's not so much the bench too. Right? That's true, and it, it's changed his role. It's and not so much that he's his career's in trouble. He's just gone backwards from last year. That that's been the problem. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. That is how you hop aboard here on the other side. We'll talk to Elliot. Is on his way to the combine. We'll get his thoughts on Jalen Ramsey latest with the defensive coordinator process that is going on. A lot more in your phone calls here on the pitch clock in Major League Baseball. Would you trade for Jalen Ramsey? I'd give up the tenth pick in the draft to get him and put him next to Darius Slay here. And all the reaction to the Sixers' loss against the Celtics. 215-592-9494. You, Douglas, Joe Giglio, Sports Radio 94 WIP.